Um, are, you, are you podcasting or something? I am. <laughs> I am podcasting. with Neil Rubenstein, the point of this thing is uh, I'm sitting in traffic every day. Every day of my life, I just sit in traffic. And uh, I found that this is like the best use of my time is to talk to people, talk to interesting people, and maybe some not so interesting people. But you you decide. You decide who is interesting and not interesting. And I imagine I'll find out who you guys think is interesting uh, by how many subscriptions or uh, listens, uh, views, whatever, clicks, uh, and how many people email me at intrafficpodcast at gmail.com or, you know, go to the website, intrafficpodcast.com or uh, soundcloud.com slash intrafficpodcast, you know. Variations on a theme, but uh, yeah, I'm in traffic right now, and today I am going to call Mike Kennedy of the All American Rejects. What up? What up, man? What's going on? Nada. How are you doing? I'm uh, very good. I'm very good. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you were available now, right now. Fuck yeah. Um, What's the podcast? I'm going to introduce you real quick. Uh, I'm on the phone with uh, Mike Kennedy from uh, All American Rejects and a bunch of other things that we'll get into in a second. all right, so Mike, this is the uh, this is what I'm doing is uh, I'm going to do a podcast while I'm stuck in traffic driving to Manhattan every day. <laughs> Sweet. So uh, you know, I'm just going to call people I know. I think. I mean, hopefully, hopefully it grows, you know, and then I can start calling people I don't know. But uh, <laughs> it's a good way of passing time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I almost. Uh, didn't call you right away because uh, I was listening to Overkill and I was getting into it. Uh, nice. So uh, I'm the only one who still calls you Mikey. Is this a fact? Yeah. So, yeah. So I was going to say, oh. say, sometimes my mom might, but it's rare. Okay. So, uh, the, all right, so Mike Kennedy. Uh, I Okay. Uh, I, don't know, I guess I know you. We met. Uh, I was tour managing some uh, Motion City, maybe, and they opened for you yeah. guys, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, all right, uh, there's so like there's so much like I feel like you're uh, one of the people that I can just like constantly call for this uh, because there's just so much like you're you do so much like you're so such an interesting person like you're you're like aside from being like the best dude, like, just a quality dude and easy to talk to and stuff, but uh, uh, I was talking earlier about this and I want this to be the first thing that uh, we talk about. Um, okay. 
I want to talk about uh, Ben Weasel and the AP idol worship and uh, that whole thing. Okay. So you know, what's really uh, funny is I hadn't like uh, I, I going through some stuff found that magazine like two days ago and actually read that and when I haven't in I don't know almost ten years. So it's really funny that you bring that up. Perfect. Uh, Perfect then. I feel like this is perfect. This is gonna go. This is gonna go swimmingly. This is gonna go exactly how I wanted it to go. I'm it's, very it's excited. Perfect. Perfect karma. Great. Um, all right. So let's start with uh, what a nerd you are for Lookout Records. I am. I, uh, I I was that perfect age to be a nerd for that stuff. Tell like tell us about it. Tell us about Lookout. Tell us about your collection. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I just, you know, I, you know, I was a teenager in the early to mid nineties. And so that was, you know, right at that time when that was like the biggest thing in punk. And so, and I was, I was right there to be a, uh, a fan of that and just, you know, loved so many of those bands and have so many of those records and I still enjoy them very much. Uh, yeah. What, what are some, uh, what are some of the bands, uh, in case people don't, uh, you know, in case this gets uh, bigger than than either me or you, and people want here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, in case someone outside of the car hears this. <laughs> totally. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like well, most famously Green Day, but then uh, oh, you know, Screeching Weasel and the Queers and Mr. T Experience, um, and then Crim Shrine, Operation Ivy, tons of bands. And, and what's your like? If you had to rank them, what would be your like top two or three uh, lookout releases? Oh man, uh, let me think about that. Uh, I mean, Screeching Weasel, My Brain Hurts is definitely up there. Uh, that record is pretty monumental for me. Uh, oh man, what else? There, there's just so much; it's hard to pick. But I mean, band-wise, Screeching Weasel and the Queers and Mr. Key, those are those are definitely up there. Okay, and uh, so then uh, I'm like, fast forward in your life, uh, AP had. Um, do they still do it? Do they still do idol worship? I haven't read an AP in quite a while. All right. Well, uh, all right. So I'll even I'll be like alternative press is a magazine, was a magazine when magazines existed. I don't know uh, in two weeks when this podcast sees the light of day if magazines will still exist. Um, I will but, say I, uh, I saw one in a store recently, and it's tiny, and then coming across that one the other day with my idol worship, it's so huge in comparison. So it's definitely formatted very differently these days. Crazy. Um, the Internet, man, we did it. <laughs> uh, we made it. Um, so, okay, so Alternative Press Magazine, they have this section, uh, segment every month, I guess, called Idol Worship, where they pick a current big band to interview their uh, idol. Uh, mm. And they offered it to the rejects for a few, I mean, not that they're not now, but at the time, I guess it was probably off the second record, right? It was, uh, like yeah, it was about that time. You guys are crushing it, um, like on the radio all the time, uh, on TV all the time. And so you guys did an idol worship, and you picked 
That was like that was like I your think, turn to talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, they actually. I think if I remember right, I think they approached me with that idea of me talking to him, and which he at the time was like pretty elusive and wasn't like doing much in musically or just you know being in the public. And he was also like he was still very shrouded in kind of like all these rumors and this, like no one really knew him, you know, like no one had met him and hung out with him. And so it was kind of like a, like, oh, wow, yeah, I, I definitely want to take this opportunity because I doubt I'll ever, like, actually come in contact with him naturally because, you know, he wasn't playing shows or anything. Um, and so, yeah, I was very stoked when they asked. The, they knew your love of him or? Yeah, I think because, you know, like at the time at AP, like so many of our friends worked there. And so they knew, you know, what I loved and stuff, and so I think somebody probably at some point suggested it because they knew how much I loved Switch Weasel. And, uh, and how did uh, how did that go? Uh, it was amazing. Uh, I tried, you know, I was very anxious and nervous, and I tried to come up with what seemed like intelligent questions without being too overtly, like, fanboy, but it was very fanboy nonetheless, and, uh, and he was very nice and very receptive, and you know, it was it was awesome, and it, and it you know created a relationship that I still have with. Like you know, I was just emailing with him the other day about recording a new record, so I ended up have now ended up producing uh, his last like three or four albums, and that was that was the opening to me meeting him. Yeah, that, like that's uh, that's what I was talking about today with a friend. Like, just how cool that is to get to meet your idol. They end up actually being cool, and then working with them, and and uh, so you, th that was the first thing was like, hey, let me produce your record, or or he, or how did that? Uh... Well, I'd asked him like what he was doing musically at the time, and he didn't have like a band or anything, but he had you know a bunch of demos he recorded, and just like he was offered to send them to me just to hear them because he knew I was a fan, and. Uh, and I listened to them, and they're amazing. And so I took a, one of the songs, and I kind of, because his demos were just like him singing and strumming. And I took a, one of the songs and made like a full band demo arrangement of it. And I just kind of took a bold step and was like, hey, if you let me produce your record, this is the kind of thing I would do. And he liked it, and then he asked me to do it. And I never produced anything before that. So it was very, like, I, I didn't expect it to him to actually be into it. Like, it was, it was a very nerve-wracking thing to send him, but uh, it all worked out. And uh, did you I, – I think you ended up playing in his touring band, or did you play um, well, that record of Screeching Weasel, or – No, well, that record, he – it was as a solo record. And I ended up playing guitar on it, and Chris, the drummer in the Rejects, played drums, and Dan from Alcon Trio played bass. So that was kind of, we were the band for that record. Um, and so that was fun. But I never, I've only, aside from going up and playing a couple songs with them, I've never actually played, like, a live show with them. Oh, okay. I, for some reason, like, the legend in my head ended up that, like, you toured with Screeching Weasel at one point, even. No. Never been uh, a, an official member. All right. Um, 
And did you have anything to do, like, because then Screeching Weasel ended up putting out a record recently, or no? I feel like... Yeah, like, yeah. Or, just, or, well, yeah, he's been touring for a while um, with the band back together, and the, the newest record uh, is this double LP rock opera called Baby Fat that I produced that just came out in May. And so, like, was... Was, like, 15-year-old Mike Kennedy, like, freaking out inside of you when you were, like, producing an actual Screeching Weasels album? Uh, yeah, I mean, it really, you know, definitely when I was doing that first solo record, it was totally that feeling. By the time it actually, he, he started using the name Screeching Weasel again, we'd already kind of established our friendship. So there's still, I mean, it's still every time. It's exciting. Every time he sends me demos, I'm like, God, so good. This is the shit that, you know. I've always listened to, and uh, but yeah, that first record, that solo record, it was it was awesome, and, and it was just like those songs are so good. Like I still I love that record. If I if I didn't produce that record, I would be a huge fan of that record. Like I still am, but you know, like I would have like I would be a huge fan if I had nothing to do with it. Did you put out a Ben Weasel record on Edmonds or? Yeah, that first one that I did, his solo record, uh, I put out. You you put it out record. too. Oh, yeah. okay. So that's, um, I mean, that's... But then everything else is... What's that? No, go ahead. Um, oh, I say everything after that, he's, he's been on more reputable real labels. <laughs> uh, uh, don't sell yourself. Uh, so, okay, so you do, you do, uh, you do a label now also uh, named after your hometown? Yeah, I did. I haven't done anything in a few years with it, but I put out a couple things. And then I kind of got just more, the recording side of things was just much more fun for me. And so I've just been doing that the past few years. Any, uh, any cool projects that, you, uh, that you're recording, like anything that like, we would know? There's a, a band from Wisconsin called Direct Hit that I did their last album, and we're kind of getting towards the end of doing their new one. And I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's going to be a good album. What's, uh, all right, was there a moment, was, uh, there like a moment in your life where you're like, oh shit, like, I do this, this is what I do now, or this is, or even before that, where you're like, this is what I want to do now? I mean, I've always definitely wanted to, you know, play music and stuff. Uh, and obviously, you know, coming from growing up in punk, like, I didn't have any aspirations for actually, like, being like financially successful doing it uh, i just always wanted to be able to like tour and put out seven inches and have fun um and then i don't know there was some point you know like when the rejects first started like having success it was it was pretty crazy and definitely never expected to like make enough money to where like that's my job and so that was a cool like just oh shit feeling but then you know it's at the same time it's like who knows how long this will last just enjoy it while we have it and Somehow now it's lasted like 13 years, and I don't know. It's amazing, but I still, you know, always have that like back of my head, like, oh, it's, you know, who knows how long it'll last. And so I just try to enjoy it and appreciate it while it's here. But you've set, I mean, you've set yourself up in a fashion where, uh, you know, God forbid it ended tomorrow. You, you're, you know, you're gonna produce records. You're gonna put out records. Like you're in like. You uh, you do this you do this now like this is it. 
I hope so. Well, you know, like the producing records doesn't really generate, or at least because I do a lot of punk rock records, it doesn't really generate much income because there's just no budgets for anything. But uh, I really love it. And it's really like personally fulfilling. Um, but I don't know if I had to parlay it into actually being an income based thing, I would hope I could do it without making it feel like a job. That's, that's one of the things, especially with recording, like it can be, be so tedious that if I didn't really believe in the records I was making, I probably would come to hate it. So hopefully I never get to a point where I have to do records that I'm not stoked on and it just feels like a job. Like you, like you definitely wouldn't do a Nickelback record, no matter how much. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. They, <laughs> if they <made> it, <laughs> I'm sure I could find something redeeming about it to work on. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. Um, I, I want to. Uh, uh, I mean, do you still? Uh, can you still? Uh, you are you busy? Like, can I still bullshit? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, you can uh, tell me what what what's your commute? What are you doing? Uh, it, right now, time? yeah, right now it's brutal. Right now, I'm I mean I'm dead stopped. I, I don't know if you can hear like horns behind me and stuff. <laughs> like I'm uh, it's like a 40 minute commute with no traffic, and I'm you know this is basically rush hour, so I'm just um, yeah I'm in it. Um, but are you like do you have a job in the city now? No, well, I've been doing uh, a lot of stand up. Ah, nice. Again, yeah, I got back into that. Uh, so I, you know, I go to the city like, uh, you know, almost uh, almost every night uh, to do shows or whatever, and uh, you know, just to get stage time. And then also nice. my work uh, is like forty minutes the other way. Uh, there's never ever traffic, but I, I mean, every day I'm in this car, uh, you know, all the time. <laughs> um, I'm gonna try and get us uh, try and get this show sponsored by uh, Acura because uh, <laughs> um, free oil changes out of it. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're. Uh, I feel like you have, uh, and I guess the definition of nerd I've heard is like uh, strange and specific interests. <laughs> okay. And uh, like. From what I know of you, and I, you know, whatever, we're not like uh, best buds, but, you know, we've lived together for a couple of weeks at a time. Uh, you have some pretty specific, uh, in, like, you are a fan of, like, the the um, monster cereals? Oh, yeah. I've been a very good month for me right now. So like Halloween, like October just rules for you. Fuck yeah! Can you explain? Can you, can you yeah? Can you explain it and also what they are and also what like what? How does that happen? <laughs> what do you mean? Like my obsession with it? Yeah. Like how did? Well, first explain what they are. Like I, I don't know if everyone knows what I mean by monster cereals. Well, like yeah, once a year they come out with. Count Chocula and Booberry and Frankenberry. Um, a couple of years ago, they actually brought back the. There was two more flavors that existed in the past, and they brought them back for one year, which was Fruit Brute and uh, oh shit, the other one's escaping me right now. But uh, anyway, 
So there's these cereals that come out once a year around Halloween that are amazing, and they're just marshmallows and then some kind of uh, either chocolate or fruit-flavored little, you know, cereal pieces. Count chocolate is not available during the year? No. You know, it was, like a long time ago, I feel like it was available outside of Halloween, but now, now it's only – they all come out at the same time every year. <laughs> like, just the fact that you're excited about Fruit Brute, uh, <laughs> like that <laughs> – Oh, Yummy Mummy. That was the other one. Oh, yeah. yeah. How can we forget about Yummy Mummy? Um, how did that happen? Like, I mean, it's just, like, they're just a different spin on, like, Lucky Charms or, like, any other cereal with marshmallows. There's, I mean, Chocolate Lucky Charms does have a similarity to Count Chocula, but the other two, there's no... There's nothing normal that is the same flavor-wise, but they're delicious. I mean, well, you know, I, I love many, many cereals, but it's always a special thing when you got this. It's like my version of the McRib, but it's funny because I feel like in the past few years, the ratio of cereal pieces to marshmallow has been very weak. And so and it's funny because you could look, open up my trash right now, and you'd see like almost a box worth of red and brown cereal pieces of where I pour in my bowl and then I throw away a bunch of it so that the marshmallow ratio gets more what I consider what it should be. So that's my only complaint about these cereals. I end up throwing away like a third of it. Um, do you, like, does your love of it preclude your ability to hear how insane that sounds? <laughs> I, I feel like if anyone ate it, they would understand and agree. <laughs> uh, so you're like, you're a bigger fan of the demo is what you're saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, mean, I like the first two records. Now they're a little, they're a little, uh, cereal pieced out. They're a little, uh, not enough marshmallow. <laughs> I mean, it still tastes the same, and it's still delicious. Just gotta, you gotta re-even it out. Is there a, is there like a Simpson cereal? Or no, not that I know of. There was, um, they made Crustios for a little bit when they did those like, uh, the remember when the movie came out and they changed like a few Seven Elevens around the country to Quickie Mart? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did some Crustios then. But other than that, there's never uh, there hasn't been one that I know of. Do you uh, does like do fans of the rejects know? Like, is this like a is this a known thing? Like your serial obsession or? Yeah, I think so. I mean, anyone who follows me on Twitter, Instagram, I think is aware. Do kids? Because I do I do serial reviews pretty often. You do what? I'm sorry. Serial reviews. Like, I reviewed new serials that come out. I mean, little, like, one-sentence reviews. I put a picture on Instagram. <laughs> Somehow miss, I missed that. I don't know. <laughs> Great. Um, do kids send you, do, like, fans send you stuff? Like, No, but for a while, there was a time when uh, French Toast Crunch, which is an amazing cereal, was discontinued in the U.S. They still made it in Canada. 
And there were some times when Canadian fans would bring me boxes, and that was awesome. But now they've brought it back to the U.S., so I don't have to worry about it. Is that is that like cinnamon toast crunch? It's like a different version of that. It, it is, but it's it's completely different. Like the pieces look like little pieces of bread, and it's like a little thicker, and it's oh, it's delicious. There's no like powder on it. It's all just like pieces that are like maple flavored, <laughs> but delicious. Um, would you uh, do you eat? Is a majority of your di- does a majority of your diet consist of cereal? No, I'd say the majority is probably nachos. And then nachos. Nachos. Well, I use what I usually do is during the day I have like lunch is like my main meal, which typically is some sort of form of Mexican or pizza. And then at night I have like my snack meal, which is usually like cereal. And that's how I eat. That's that's my normal schedule. <laughs> Is Poblano still open? It is. Should, uh, I want to go to that again. That was a good. Uh, that's a good restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, I love uh, how. Uh, yeah, you didn't. Uh, you didn't disappoint me with that. Uh, with that cereal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's also this year for the first time I've tried. I saw it a couple of years ago, but I didn't try it. But there is like Count Chocula like cereal bars now, and I got a box this year and they're delicious. Yeah. Do they taste? Is it like a Rice Krispie treat like that? It is, but it has like a layer of chocolate on the bottom, like it's dipped, and it's very fudgy. It's quite good. Only 100 calories a bar. I mean, it's not even that bad for you. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, all right. I think, uh, I think that's <laughs> like, uh, I'm actually, I'm approaching the tunnel, so I'll probably lose the conversation anyway. Uh, that was awesome. Thank you so much <laughs> for uh, being a nerd. Dude, thank you for being a part of this. Um, I'm definitely going to hit you up in like a week or two to do this again. Cause, uh, Sweet. Yeah. Uh, I like, uh, I hope, I'm, you know what? I'm also hoping that this, uh, this experiment leads me to, uh, getting closer with, uh, some people that I haven't, uh, been close to in a while. You know what I mean? Totally. So, pretty just selfish. Awesome. Yeah. Pretty selfish in a lot of ways. Not just, uh, the podcasting experiment. Uh, yeah, thanks, Mike, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Awesome, man. <laughs> All right, man. Be good. Right. Later. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, that was Mike Kennedy of the All American Rejects and Edmund Records, and. Uh, he, like you said, he produces some records, puts out some records. He's a quality guy. Um, I, uh, I think it's uh, at Mike AAR uh, on Twitter, and uh, same for Instagram. You know, just Google it or uh, go to intrafficpodcast.com, and I probably will put links uh, on the episode. Um, so yeah, you can find it there.
Again, thanks for listening, and uh, see you guys next week.